0: Hello my friends, welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. As always, I want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. Check these guys out at OutpostCoffeeco.com. Well, we're post-election. And and the election is We didn't get quite the results that we wanted. Uh, the red wave did not happen, as we some thought. And I man, this is I am I am convinced now more than ever that I I really do believe that the God has blinded America as a nation. I'm not saying individuals. I'm saying as a, as a whole, the nation is, is seeming massively confused. I mean, the policies that have been enacted are absolutely destroying and decimating our country. And people are still confused as to where that's coming from and who, who is the problematic issue in that. And they don't see that the left's agenda, that the pro the progressive left's, um, agenda is getting them to that point that they are, they are the party of death. They are the party, of uh, literally death of everything from the death of infants to the death of the economy. Like there is no good thing happening in the left. And yet so many people that are progressive see no issue. And this is why I believe God is providentially blinding so many people to the reality of what's going on around us. I mean, you can look at, um, Second Thessalonians chapter two, where it says, therefore God sends them strong delusions so that they may believe a lie in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Like that's where we are as a country. Our nation is under massive judgment. And I'm telling you, after seeing the things that are going on in just my local community, uh, it, it is absolutely jaw dropping to see how quickly and how pervasively the left can get its claws into a community. And here's why this is happening is because men of integrity, men of, uh, of of faith, biblical faith are not actually engaged. We're, we're busy trying to live our lives, pay our bills and take care of our families. And what's happening is the community is crumbling around us and we're so inward focused, that we're going to lose the community that we live in because we're so inward focused and just trying to take care of our lives. Listen, we're meant by God to be salt and light in the community, not just in our homes. Obviously it starts in our homes, but not just there. It has to go out. And And listen, this is not just men as well. We need ladies. We need you involved. We need you to be a part of the process. And so what we need to be doing is we need to be engaged in the political process in a God honoring way. Now I'm not saying to be because there's there's certain people that, that do stupid things. I'm not saying go hold signs and scream and holler. I mean whimsically, um, magically bring about the things of God in a in the places where you are. Get involved in in the political process. And I'm telling you, that's what I'm beginning to do. I've we've we've collected an inner circle of people and we're beginning that process. Because I, I just believe that this is—it's how we do things, and this doesn't mean this doesn't mean that we go in and try to establish some sort of a a um, theocracy. Because that's that's not what we're—that's not it. Like now, now, listen, do I believe a theocracy is coming? Yep. And I'm listen—I'm not setting it up. It's Christ who sets that up, and that's that comes later. What are we called to do? We're, we're called to preserve goodness and and to dispel dispel darkness. Salt and light. That's that's the agenda. That's the plan as Christians is, uh, is that we are to be agents of biblical change and biblical righteousness. That's what we're called to do. And here's the deal. The enemy doesn't like it. The enemy is crafty. He's looking for ways to take us out. He tries to make those who do stand for biblical Christianity out to be absolute morons. Um, my city council meeting I was at Monday— Holy cow, the progressive left, the anti-Christ, anti-Bible uh, left that was there attempts to paint those who do believe in love and, and who do believe in Jesus and who do love the Bible out to be just ignorant, stupid backwoods idiots that don't know how to inter- interpret the Bible correctly, because that's how they said it. They said that we can't interpret the Bible correctly. We don't know how to interpret the Bible. Um, and, and and they misquoted and misrepresented everything that we tried to say and do. Why? Because they love their unrighteousness. Back to 2 Thessalonians 2, um, it's talking about the coming lawless one. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and all, all false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth to be, and so be saved. So therefore, because they hate the truth <clears throat> and because they hate God, this is what this is. They are haters of God. They are blinded by God. God has said, OK, this is what you want to do. I'm going to cause you. I'm going to let you believe your lie so much that I'm going to cause you to believe that it's actually the truth. And to see these people just be dug in and entrenched in, in this absolute, utter lie and, and push it off as, as truth is just heartache. It's a heartache to see. It breaks my heart, but this is where we are. And this is the thing that's, that's coming is that we are, as a nation, if we don't get this thing right, if we're not doing what we're called to do, being salt, being light, then I'm telling you, this is going to be a just a huge problem in our community. So, you read Matthew chapter 5, and this is Jesus speaking. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So, there, here's the imagery. You and I are as as if we're a city in the darkness on a hill. What is, I mean, how do you feel if you've been driving and driving and driving and driving for hours and hours and hours and you haven't seen civilization and all of a sudden you come across, you come up over a hill or you come down, you see up at the top of a hill, lights of the city. Don't, don't you get excited thinking, oh man, it's a refuge, a place of rest where we can get something to eat. We can go to the bathroom. We can we can do all the things we need to do. We can just stop to get some get some things done. This is the imagery here that, that it's a place like Christians should be a place of refuge, a place that, that, that is a beacon of truth in a world of darkness. Like I love the imagery and the, the picture that, that Kenny Luck put in his, one of his men's conferences. He said, Christians are to be like diamonds on the bat on a black velvet. Um, and when you turn on the light on a diamond, against black velvet it just radiates with absolute beauty and absolute light because it's in the midst of darkness and this is the idea of a city on a hill and then jesus goes a little bit further and says listen because here's what's happening is we have so many quote-unquote christian leaders that are literally putting their lamps under a basket they're they're hiding their lights because Man, i don't, I don't want to offend anybody i don't want anybody to be mad at me because i stand for truth this is what Jesus said. People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand so that it gives a light to the entire house. If I took my flashlight and I hid it under a basket and try to walk through a dark house, I'm going to end up stubbing my toe or falling or tripping or breaking something because I can't see. The idea of having the lamp in the darkness is to be able to see your path forward. This is the idea. So Jesus is in the same way. Let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the father in heaven. So what's the idea? What's the reason we're salt? What's the reason we're light to give God glory so that God is glorified by how we work, how we live, how we talk, how we act like that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to engage, be whimsical, man. in this, this is the idea of being, having some whimsy, having some, having some beauty in this and, and to see how Jesus um, because and John Piper said this to John MacArthur uh, not too long ago, he said, "A lot. What can happen is we can get so entrenched in the 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 bad stuff and get so angry and so upset at this that we forget that Jesus wins the war. Christ wins this. Now, some of the small battles, like here, and here's the problem. I think most of the time for the small battles, most Christians aren't showing up. Jack Hibbs just said this because they just in California they they passed prop. One, which is the idea, or is the is pretty much the legalization of um, uh, abortion. It's I just I was trying to think of what I want how I wanted to say it. The, the murder of babies, and and Jack Hibbs literally I, I I was reading his Instagram post today, and this is what this is what he said. Perhaps more than anything, the loss of Proposition One. Is the revelation of just how irrelevant church at large is in California, which man, I would agree because most churches in California are just game players. They got there there are the show. It's Vegas on steroids. It's it's Hollywood with a little bit of Jesus bent in the background. He's, he went on to say he said, the reality is due to the lack of pastors understanding what the calling to the pulpit really means. And man, can I say amen to that? We've got so many pastors that are spineless, and I mean, they're jellyfish in the pulpit, and they refuse to stand up for what's right. And listen, the idea of life is not a political issue. It is a biblical issue. The idea of of this trans nonsense is not a political one. It is literally spitting in the eyes of God and saying, God, you messed up and you didn't make people the way they're really supposed to be. That's, and that we can't get this one right is is a revelation that pastors are under judgment too. That we can't get this one right. That we can't stand in the pulpit and say, thus saith the Lord, God created man and woman in the beginning. And this is how he made them so that they could procreate in in the covenant of marriage and carry on the I, I just i just literally said this to my kids oh i don't know let me find i, I texted my kids the other night and all of them because they were you know as you got teenagers there's there's strong fifteen ways from sunday and this is what i said to my kids i said kids we need to understand that god has placed us all where we are to bring light and be salt that preserves goodness and and dispels darkness and, and brings righteousness in the circles we influence. Like, and then I quoted Psalms 127, four through five, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. And I said, you all are my arrows that I've discipled to send out into the heart of the enemy. As my father did with me, so I'm attempting to do with you all. I'm so thankful to the Lord for each one of you. Now, go make trouble for the enemy today and give the king glory. Bring King Jesus glory. That's what we should be doing. That's what we're called to do. And listen, when I say enemy, I don't mean other human beings. Even though the, the progressive left has ideologies, those ideologies come from somewhere. And the enemy is not other human beings. The enemy is Satan. That's who the ultimate enemy is. And so what do we do? We make war against him. And here's the deal. How do we do it best? By making war against our own sin. And then once we, we've mastered our own, disciplined ourselves in this way, then we go out and we make trouble for the enemy in public squares. So that's what we're called to do. And so that's that's the agenda. That's the plan. And so what do we need to do? We need to get entrenched and in our churches first get our churches one back. I'm telling you, we've got to get back to having biblical Christianity rather than cultural Christianity. Most churches today are filled with people who are interested in cultural Christianity issues. They're not interested in actually dealing with the, with the the things of, of real substance. Rather, they're interested in going into a room, feeling good, singing a few songs, watching the rock band, do their show and have a message that makes me feel light and fluffy when I leave. Listen, if you're not leaving church occasionally where with your toe stepped on, then what are you doing? If are you are you sitting in, in your church always uh are never never pushed, never never compelled, never challenged? Are you just constantly just ear tickled? And I'm telling you you you're you're in a bad spot. You need need to leave there, and you need to find somewhere, someone who's going to challenge you. Now, are there going to be times of encouragement? Absolutely. Are there going to be times where you leave the church feeling absolutely filled up? Absolutely. But there should be moments where you're challenged in your life. That's what we're called to do, accountability. And if there's places where we need to repent, listen, there's been moments as a pastor That I've been preparing sermons and I've had to ask the Lord to forgive me where I've been wrong, where I've been sinful, where I've been wicked and I've had to ask God to forgive me. That's me. And and if that's me, I guarantee you, you're, you're probably in the same boat. You need to repent somewhere too. But man, I'd much rather have just a few moments of uncomfort as opposed to an eternity of uncomfort. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. But I mean, this is, this is where we're at. And so we've got, we've got to fight the good fight. How do we do that? entrenched in our churches and grafted in the word and then get involved. Listen, as much as people don't like to hear it, get involved in the political process, get involved locally, figure out how you can get involved locally in your community. Um, We're working through that now and how to bring positive change. That's what we want. We don't want to see, we don't want to see immorality reign. We want to see Christ honoring righteousness reign because here's the thing. And the stats show that biblical Christianity is it works, and it brings joy and happiness when people are, are under the rule of people who love the Lord Jesus Christ. When you've got leaders who love Jesus, towns prosper, states prosper, nations prosper when you're under the rule of people who love the Lord Jesus Christ. Consequently, when you're under the rule of those who don't love the Lord Jesus, you're going to see the kind of stuff you're seeing today that that's that's it you're going to see turmoil you're going to see unrest you're going to see insanity when jesus is made much of and he is lifted up he scripture says he'll draw all men unto himself and i'm telling you families cities nations and states i got that backwards a little bit but you, you get what i'm saying when jesus is made much of when christ rules and you have leaders who love the Lord Jesus Christ and are submitted to his word communities thrive people thrive so that's that's my challenge for us that's my hope for us today is that we as Christians would take back the ground by the power of the Holy Spirit we'd take back the ground that has been forfeited or actually here I'll take one better we plead with the Lord Jesus Christ through repentance that he would take back the ground that we forfeited to the enemy. How about that? How about that? we we plead with the Lord Jesus Christ in the state of repentance and ask the Lord Jesus to do a work and take back the ground that we forfeited to the enemy. And then we actively get engaged and get a part and be part of the process. That's, that's encouraging. That's exciting. That's what I think we should do. All right, guys. Love y'all. Let's go do this. Diversified Systems Resources is a technology company based in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that's been in business for 39 years. Are you looking for a stable employer, clean office environment, fun teammates, and a day that is always new and exciting? Then email us your resume today at dsrjobs at dsrglobal.com. DSR, we deliver technology.